This is a special presentation of Fort Wayne Sports Station, ESPN Radio 1380 and 100.9 FM. The Crumback Chevrolet High School Coaches Show starts now. Presented by Crumback Chevrolet in New Haven. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Serving Allen County for 46 years in county. On Highway 930, just west of New Haven High School. Here's your host, Justin Kinney. Welcome in, everyone, to Regional Championship Week of the High School Coaches Show. Crowning some regional champs tomorrow night around the area, around the state, so we get one step closer to the state championship. Believe it or not, D.C., two weeks from today, Thanksgiving, which means for oh, 15 days from now, we'll have the first three state championships chip games saturday will be the next three so who we have playing at lucas oil stadium right now we have teams still alive in all six classes but this is really the week when we start really thinning the herd so to speak because we have area teams all over all six conference or all six classes winning sectional titles but the next two weeks man you start thinking oh my gosh are we gonna be down in indianapolis all thanksgiving weekend no we, we thin it out a little bit this week next week We'll have one or two teams, two teams, tops, in two weeks playing for state championships. He's D.C. Hendricks producing. I'm Justin Kenny here on the ESPN Coaches Show presented by Crumback Chevrolet. Full show coming up to you uh, just a couple minutes. We're here till 7 o'clock. Dan Vance will join us in just a second from outside the huddle.net. Tim Manigal, Concordia Cadets, will come on about 6.15. We'll talk about his team's dominant victory last week in Miami County at Peru where the cadets took care of business over the Tigers. Uh, We'll talk about that, but we'll also look ahead at a uh, humongous challenge coming up tomorrow night against Indianapolis Bishop Tatard at Zollner Stadium. So we'll break that down with Coach Manigle. Todd Mason coming off Eastside's first ever sectional championship will join us at uh, 6.30. As uh, Coach Mason, we'll talk uh, about last week, last week's victory, and also... The game coming up at Eastbrook tomorrow night. We'll wrap it up. Luke Amstutz, undefeated East Noble Knights. They will take on Mississinawa on the road tomorrow night, very near to where the Eastside Blazers will be playing in Grant County. Distance between Eastbrook and Mississinawa, not very much. So we'll bring on Coach Amstutz and break down that for a regional as well. So plenty to talk about over the next hour. Let's kick it off. Dan Vance outside the huddle.net joins us to kick off the show as he does each and every week on the phone line right now. Mr. Vance, what's going on? Oh, not much, man. Just enjoying the beautiful weather. You know, I, I feel like now that you did a show last Sunday with D.C., uh, 8 to 10 on the Sideline Sports Show. I feel like you guys got a bond now. You guys are joking around. I'm the butt of the jokes even more so now. So uh, it seems well, like bring, he, What's that? You bring that on yourself, I think. Well, I mean, most of it, yes. But it seems like you guys got a... I mean, most of the time you guys are bickering back and forth when he calls you to start the show. But today I felt I felt a brotherly bond. Hey, nice. we always renew our bond when I, when I fill in for, for Bryce on the Sideline Sports Show on Sunday. So, yeah, it'll, it'll last for a while. And then uh, DC will start hating on me again he hated on me on sunday too so it, it happens that's good that's good at least he's keeping you grounded as well but uh sure. dan we got we got 
regional games in all six classes. Um, first off, before we get to this week's schedule, anything stand out from last week in terms of crowning sectional champions that you found surprising? I mean, we could talk Jake Archibald. Maybe we start there on what he did last week. Uh, you know, it's always surprising when someone has a game like that, but I guess if someone's going to have that game, it doesn't surprise me that it was Jake Archibald. So uh, a surprising set of numbers, but, I mean, he's he's Mr. All-Purpose. That's kind of been what he's kind of set out to do this year when he moved away from the quarterback position. And uh, So I guess if I have to pick somebody, uh, he's, he's up there high on the list, if not at the top of the list, somebody that I guess I would have expected that from. We saw him line up in the Wildcat. We saw him. He's already been moved all over the place, but it, it felt like, man, it was only a matter of time between before Homestead used him in that role because of his history as quarterback. But do you see him playing as big of a role in terms of the offensive game plan this week against Carmel? I think he's going to play a big role in multiple ways. One, you have a chance last week to, to use him in different ways. Homestead knows they're going to have to get creative with Carmel. Uh, obviously, the struggles with Noblesville uh, two weeks ago in a team that, at Indy that wasn't very good uh, versus a team like Carmel, who is good, they're going to have to throw some different things out there and see what sticks. Uh, but also at the same time, Carmel is now going to be paying a lot of attention to Jake Archbold, so maybe that frees up some other options uh, guys to throw the ball to, guys to make plays. So uh, it's twofold there. I think that, that he's going to be a major part of this game, whether it's making plays or as a diversion. Yeah, you mentioned that Noblesville game. That was a team that Carmel beat 37 and nothing in week two. So common opponent. A uh, little, little scary when you're looking at that. But um, is this game in the in the hands, arm, whatever you want to say, uh, of Luke Goody? I mean, if if he's on, gives Homestead a chance. If he's not, the game's over. I mean, is it as simple as that, or we, you think we can go more in depth with uh, breaking this matchup down? Well, I think that's fair because I think that Luke's going to be under a lot of pressure. You know, Carmel's very physical off the line. Uh, they got a lot of guys. You know, you talk about Cole Brevard. 6'3", 300-pounder that, that's going to Penn State and what he can do. Uh, and, and I think that along that entire line, Carmel's really going to put a lot of pressure on the Homestead offense. So I think Luke's going to have to be a big playmaker. Uh, you know, whoever comes out of the backfield, be it Jake, uh, be it Ryan Burton, they're going to have to have guys that are playmakers that can escape the pressure. And I think because of that, Luke is obviously a very important part. Carmel at Homestead, that's a 7.30 kickoff tomorrow night, so make a note if you are going to the game, a 7.30 kick, not a 7 o'clock kickoff from Homestead. Dan, let's look at 5A. You have Bishop DeWanger going to West Lafayette to take on Lafayette Harrison. Uh, Bishop DeWanger 10-1, and one, Lafayette Harrison 9-2. and two. What should we expect in this one? I think this is going to be a, a grinded-out kind of game. You know, Harrison likes to make plays on the ground. They run the wing tee a little bit, which gives them a variety of options of things to do. Uh, you know, an important part of that wing tee, though, and Marcel Atiso, uh, over 1,400 all-purpose yards this year, towards ACL last week. Uh, so that's a big hit for Harrison as far as a guy who can provide a lot of different looks out of the wing tee and a lot of different looks out of the other things, the eye formation. Uh, whatever Harrison lines up to do. So I think that that's going to be a Dwinger defensive front. Can they get into the backfield? Can they cause some havoc? Uh, I think it's going to be a game that's kind of won in the trenches. 
Yeah, one very good running back out, but a Marion Dixon still there for Harrison. He's a junior. This team has rushed for over 3,100 yards, and Dixon, a 6'1", 205-pounder, has eclipsed the 100-yard rushing mark in every game but one this season. Last week against McCutcheon, 263 yards, four touchdowns on the ground. Stopping him will be very important for Bishop DeWanger. You look also at the Saints offensively, and I think they got uh, a little bit on track last week, um, but when you look at guys like Griffin Eifert who had three receptions for touchdowns last week do you feel this Bishop DeWenger offense once again peaking at the right time similar to what it did last year in the postseason I really do and when you look at how successful they've been through the air and DC and I talked about this on Sunday Brendan Lytle threw more touchdown passes than he had in completions last Friday night when you start to do that it makes teams uh, respect you in that way a little bit more and then you open up the run game for the wealth of Titmans, uh, led by Devin Titman on the ground. And so I do think that they're peaking at a really a good time for them, uh, being able to be a multi-purpose team and not just so run heavy, which is just what people expect at Dwinger. Even when Brendan Lytle's on, people expect Dwinger to be a team that's just going to run the ball. Bishop DeWanger at Lafayette Harrison coming up tomorrow night, 5A Regional on the line. And Bishop DeWanger trying to win their, I want to say, their 22nd Regional Championship. That's the most in all of the state of Indiana. Class 4A. We're going to talk to Coach Luke Amstutz about this one a little later. But let's see what you think. East Noble 12-0 and going to Mississippi 11-1. Uh, East Noble, you were at that game last week against Leo where if for the first time probably all year we felt going into the second half that uh, maybe East Noble uh, had was in danger of losing a football game. So what did you take out of that one last week? Well, what I took out of that is that Leo laid a blueprint to beat East Noble. Uh, and the blueprint is very simply run the ball, be able to pick up three, four yards a carry, and then just run the clock down. You know, the first two Leo possessions were eight minutes each. Uh, and they kept the ball out of East Noble's hands. If the ball is not in Bailey Parker's hands, then Bailey Parker can't make plays, and, and East Noble's not going to put up points. Yeah, well, I, yeah. I mean, the, the struggle with that is that when you don't produce, right, you come out of those those long drives with no points. Uh, then, then that's where you run into problems, and that's where Leo ran into problems last week. Is they couldn't come out of those long drives uh, with much. Yeah, I mean, East Noble just getting a pair of touchdowns last week, but it was enough because the defense made enough stops when it had to to win a 14-7 to game. You look at Mississippi, it starts and ends offensively with Cade Campbell. He has rushed for, I want to say, over 1,500 yards this year. He went for 310 last week against Marion on 47 carries. In one game, the kid had 47 carries. So that kind of tells you what the Indians want to do. They want to ride Cade Campbell. And to your point, similar to what Leo tried to do last week, they want to just pick up, uh, you know, four, five, six yards of play and methodically move it down the field. Yeah, and it's it's, it's easier said than done. Leo obviously had the most success with it uh, last week, having that three running back option back there. But yeah, you got to produce. Uh, they can't just be long drives. You have to be able to score because East Noble can strike quickly, and that's what Bailey Parker did. You know, uh, made some good passes in the first half, some big runs in the third quarter, and, and East Noble's going to strike quick. They're going to get their points. So if you're going to do that and follow that blueprint and run down the clock on the ground, you have to be able to convert and you have to put points on the board. 
Dan, everybody has tough matchups this week, but some are tougher than others. Class 3A, you could say the cadets have the toughest of them all, taking on top-ranked Bishop Chittard. Uh, Chittard's only lost to Stick Cathedral this year. Uh, they're really sound all over the field. A- Andrew Sawanski is a top-wide r- receiver for them, 20 touchdown receptions. Dalen Taylor has rushed for almost 1,800 yards and 23 touchdowns. Uh, where to start with this Chittard team, and what do the cadets do to try to combat it? Concordia, because Chittard is their, their dual option with what they can do, running the ball, passing the ball, uh, they're high-powered on both sides of the football. So Concordia is just going to come out, and they're going to have to throw caution to the wind a little bit. Uh, make some big plays, put up some points early, uh, and then right defense. And that defense can come up with big stops. Like you said, Taylor's a great rusher. Uh, Kyle Cheeks is on the ball extremely well. This is a really good Chittard team and may be one of the best teams, if not the best team, in all fairness, that Concordia has faced uh, most of this season. So uh, they're just going to have to play really, really good, solid, fundamental football. We've seen that in patches. We've seen them play pretty flawless football. Uh, be able to make plays defensively, uh, both the Vanderbosches, uh, making big plays, uh, as DBs. And that's what they're going to have to do. They're going to have to play plays and they're going to have to put together a complete game. And what we've seen from Concordia this year is they played uh, a quarter here or there good or even three quarters good. Um, sometimes it's enough to win, sometimes it hasn't been. They're going to have to play four quarters of really good football. Dan, you, you've been a coach, and you've coached teams that have been in this position when you're in a new experience, looking at 2A. Eastside wins their first ever sectional championship in program history. You're playing in a regional for the first time. Uh, is, it, is it better because you really don't know what to expect, so you're not worried, or are the, are the guys going to be terrified because they're playing in a regional, or do you, do you say that the naivete kind of makes them have an advantage? I mean, going to an established power like Eastbrook, uh, what kind of mindset – will Eastside have taking a trip to Grant County tomorrow? You know, if it's anything like it's been so far this year, it's going to be kind of carefree. That's kind of how Eastside's played. Uh, a little loose. It gets them in trouble sometimes. You look back at the sectional opening round, a 0-0 game at halftime against Woodland. Even last week, uh, 0-0 after the first quarter against uh, Fairfield. So they're going to have to uh, maybe not be as carefree and kind of force some uh, some aggression there. But they're a pretty carefree group. I don't think the moment is going to get them. Uh, I think, if anything, that would get them is the fact that there's obviously a keen realization for them that they have to start faster in games. Um, obviously, they're able to finish games. So we've seen that all year. Uh, is one of the most successful teams in the area and definitely one of the best teams in the NECC. But they got to start games faster. And I think there's going to be a keen awareness that they have to do that. So maybe some nerves going in early knowing you have to make plays early because Eastbrook's going to, and Eastbrook's going to be able to score. So Eastside has to be able to put points on the board in the first quarter uh, and in the first half. Dan, we're guaranteed one team in semi-state. It'll be in 1A, South Adams or Adams Central advance into the final four uh, of Class 1A. Uh, what do you like in this game? Does Adams Central have any chance after being blown out the first time around in the regular season? I think when it's South Adams, Adams Central, there's always a chance. You you throw a little bit out the window when you have rivals meeting. They're meeting for uh, you know such an opportunity to advance to semi-state. But, man, South Adams is so good, and we've talked about it all year uh, for a reason. You're looking at a guy like James Arnold who's going to surpass 3,000 yards passing on Friday night, uh, which is amazing. He's thrown for over 40 touchdowns versus just five interceptions. Uh, they're so diverse in what they can do. Uh, strong in a lot of ways. 
Adam Central is going to give them a game. I don't think that you're going to go up there and see an Adam Central team without fight. But, you know, we've talked about it all year. Does the fight matter at the end of the day? Because South Adams is just kind of their their opportunity. This is their uh, window that they've been building for, where they have all this talent converging at once. Uh, and sometimes the stars just align, and it doesn't matter how much fight you put into it. Sometimes the other team is just that good and just that destined. Dan, next week, one week from today, who are we breaking down that it's playing for a trip to the state finals next week? Uh, you know, before last Friday, I would have said South Adams and Bishop Dwinger. I, I agree that they'll both be there, but I think after last Friday proving they can win in tight games when they're when they're forced into it, that I think East Noble gets to win also uh, tomorrow night. So I think we have three teams left going into next week. Bishop Dwinger, East Noble, South Adams. Those are the three that Dan goes, and it's the popular pick with those three yeah. teams, definitely. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Dan, always a pleasure. We're running behind. we got to get to Tim Manigal, but we'll catch up to you next Thursday. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. That's Dan Vance outside the huddle.net joining us here to open the show as he does each and every week. In a couple weeks, we'll start uh, breaking down some basketball with Dan, and that's his specialty already um, all over uh, girls basketball that got started last week. He's been out to several games breaking down the top 50 players on both girls and boys' sides, the top 10 uh, teams on the girls and boys' sides. Plenty to check out at outside the huddle.net with Dan Vance. Nobody covers high school basketball better than Mr. Dan Vance. So check him out outside the huddle.net. We're going to take a break. Come back. Tim Manigal, Concordia Cadets will join us. You are listening to the ESPN Coaches Show presented by Crumback Chevrolet on ESPN Radio 1380 and 100.9 FM. On the field, your team wants to finish every drive with a score. With a new Chevy from Crumback Chevrolet, you'll prefer to keep driving. Maybe in the new and redesigned Silverado, the most dependable full-size pickup and best-in-class fuel economy. Or the Equinox, with modern design and technology, all packaged into a safe and versatile crossover. Looking for more family space? Then the mid-size Traverse will get you where you're going in style and comfort. And you can't lose with the Malibu or the all-new Blazer. Score today and find new roads this season with a visit to Crumback Chevrolet in New Haven. In the aftermath of tragic attacks such as the one at Santa Fe High School in Texas, there is often an increase in hoax threats to schools and other public places. Whether false threats are made on social media, verbally or otherwise, criminals could be locked behind prison doors for up to five years. FBI Deputy Director David Bowditch. The Bureau and its law enforcement partners take each threat seriously. We investigate and fully analyze each threat to determine its credibility. In addition to time behind bars and a fine, other consequences of this crime include emotional distress to students, school personnel, and parents. False threats also drain taxpayer money and divert valuable law enforcement resources away from other critical responsibilities. Making false threats is not a joke. Think before you post. Report threats and suspicious behavior to law enforcement and in emergencies, dial 911. With FBI This Week, I'm Molly Halpern of the Bureau. 11. That's the number of giraffes killed by poachers in Africa every day. That's one every couple of hours. How can you help? Join the San Diego Zoo Global Wildlife Conservancy and be a part of the team that are fighting to end giraffe extinction. By supporting our conservation efforts, you can affect change, including giraffe rehabilitation, anti-poaching patrols, and re-release of orphaned and injured giraffes. Conservation happens one animal and one person at a time. Join us now at endextinction.org. 
There's always news about Notre Dame sports and the very latest is covered in the Blue Gold Report podcast. Fighting Irish sports from the inside out. Download the Blue Gold Report. Go to ESPNFortWayne.com today. You're listening to the Crumback Chevrolet High School Coaches Show on ESPN Radio, 138 and 100.9 FM. Welcome back, everyone. Regional Championship Week edition of the ESPN Coaches Show presented by Crumback Chevrolet. I'm Justin Kenny, D.C. Hendricks producing here till 7 o'clock talking area high school football. Thanks to Dan Vance for the break, breaking down each of the six regional championship games coming up in our area tomorrow night. Uh, no snow. There may be snow on the ground, but uh, it's going to just going to be frigid cold tomorrow night. But uh, it's mid-November. It's pretty much all we can take. So we'll take it where we can get it. But uh, Todd Mason, Eastside Blazers, will join us in a little bit. Luke Amstutz, East Noble Knights as well as we head toward the 7 o'clock hour. But we're going to talk some 3A football with the Concordia Cadets and head coach Tim Manigles on the line with us. Coach, how are you doing? Good. How are you, Justin? I'm doing fantastic, Coach. And um, I think we suspected you guys were going to win last week, but in the manner that you did it, I think surprised a lot of us. Take us through the uh, the win in uh, Miami County last week. Yeah, I don't think uh, we necessarily suspected that either. Um, Peru was uh, a team that came in at six and five and looked uh, pretty good on film they had, they had played mcconaqua a team that we gave up 380 yards on the ground to they had played them tough uh, it was a it was a close game going into the fourth quarter so we figured it was it was going to be a battle um, i know that they had suffered some injuries that probably didn't help their cause to some key players and honestly we played really really well um, we just came out ready to go um, our guys had one of our best pregames we've had. Uh, and then, uh, you know, we kicked off to start the game quick, three and out, really got after them. We scored right away, and it was just kind of one of those games where everything we did went well and everything they tried to do did not. And, you know, we've certainly been on the other end of some of those from time to time. It's not a lot of fun. Um, it was a lot of fun for us on Friday night, and it's encouraging as we head into the regional game. Um, I think we're playing pretty well. So uh, we'll see. I mean, obviously, our uh, the task is, is difficult this week, but we're excited about the challenge and uh, are excited about the way we're playing. You mentioned the best pregame that you've had all year. Nobody's watching the pregame. It's in the stands or in the press box or whatever. But take us through. What's a good pregame look like? Um, it really starts with what we call a pass specialty, and uh, it's really just quarterbacks throwing the receivers on air. And that, that probably sounds fairly easy, but it's not always. Uh, it's a timing deal, and your quarterbacks and receivers. You know, we went down there uh, Friday night, and it was cold. Um, and, and there are those who suggest the spread offense can't be run in the cold, and sometimes we prove them true. <laughs> we, we, didn't, we didn't know exactly um, how, how, what the temperature was going to be last week and how, how the field was going to be, but it was nice. It was a, it was a still night, cold but still. And um, all of our quarterbacks just came out really looking good. Receivers were running sharp routes. I'm not sure we had a drop. Um, and so that was just encouraging. That hadn't happened really all year that we, that we looked that sharp. And uh, that just carried over. We were just really focused in and ready to go. And, and when we're that way, um, I think we're a difficult team to contend with. We have not always been that way throughout the course of the season, for whatever reason. Um, it's high school kids playing sports. And... Um, but, but that night, Friday night, we were. And so it just really carried over from the pregame into the game itself. 
Coach, we expect the perennial powers to win sectionals. We expect DeWanger. We expect Snyder. We expect Homestead, these teams, that year after year doesn't surprise us. There was a time not too long ago when Concordia playing in a regional game was kind of a surprise. This this program won its first sectional title in 2002, which wasn't that long ago. But over the course of 17 years between former coach Dean Dorfler and now you, it's become an expectation, not just obviously competing for sectionals, but winning state title as well. But uh, take us through that transformation because i remember when it was surprising when concordia was good now it's an expectation well yeah and i'm glad to hear you say that because we really hope that is the case and we we consistently preach that to our kids you know you go through the rigors of a of a of an sac schedule a 318 playing that schedule and you're probably not going to run through that schedule undefeated and so sometimes the perception is well concordia is you know just kind of a middling team uh, we don't really feel we are, and we want our kids to embrace that idea that, that we are a pretty good 3A team. I think we're a pretty good team in general, uh, but, we're, but definitely when you get to 3A, we're pretty good, and we expect to win games when we get to the playoffs. We always say, you probably get tired of me saying this, that we want to be playing our best when week 10 rolls around because we feel like um, when we play a 3A team, we should be competitive without any question. And we got a relatively tough draw in our sectional, playing McConaughey, who's a really good team, playing Norwell, who really impressed us. Uh, they, they, they played awfully well. They'd be a team that would stack up pretty well in the SAC. And then um, putting it really all together against Peru. Um, so, so to hear you say that, I appreciate it, because we <laughs> want to be a team that's looked at that way. Frankly, we want to have a little bit of a bullseye on us, because I, I, I think that means that, that um, we've arrived, whatever that means. You're right. There was a time when probably Concordia wasn't viewed as much of a sectional threat. Um, I hope we are now. Uh, it's our goal to remain there. Um, it's our goal to continue to move this program forward that way. Um, but it's not easy, and, um, and, and we're, we certainly don't feel like we've ever arrived. But um, we want that to be the case. We want people to look at Concordia as a legitimate threat, frankly, for a state championship every year in 3A. Coach, kind of piggybacking off that question, recently we've seen other teams in the SAC rise up in terms of Northside having a good year or two. Wayne, of course, winning nine games last year, rose up. Uh, other programs have done it as well, but you know, keeping it up there is a struggle. So when you talk about wanting to compete in the postseason for championships each and every year, what's the most difficult part of doing that and making sure you're in the conversation annually? For us at Concordia, it's uh, keeping keeping kids interested in playing football. We aren't. We have one really good feeder system school, Holy Cross, who um, who sort of envelops all of the Lutheran school kids, and they do a great job, and they're they're awfully successful. But then we've got to get those kids at that level to come to Concordia first of all, and then to play football at Concordia. Say what you will. Uh, I don't feel like there is still really a football culture at Concordia per se. And so, and so you've got to just keep recruiting the hallways and then you've got to keep kids interested and you've got to keep your numbers up. And, and if you do that, you really feel like you've got a fighter's chance. But it is not, uh, you should never take for granted the fact that your numbers are going to be up. And you've seen schools around the area where, where the numbers are down a little bit. It's tough practicing when other sports are playing games. Uh, it's hot. You're outside. You're not in a condition uh, in a climate controlled um, area. And so it can be hard. And um, it's, it's not easy. You walk a very fine line. Uh, the games we play in this conference are tough. 
you're going to lose some. And so it's it's never easy, but you just maintain a positive attitude with the kids, keep them excited about football, and then, and then of course, you got to try to coach them up when you have them. And, and, and we hope we can do that, but it's not an easy deal. Tim Manigo, Concordia Cadets, joining us here on the ESPN Coaches Show, presented by Crumback Chevrolet. All right, Coach, let's talk Bishop Chittard. They're number one in Class 3A for a reason. They've run the gauntlet of of their conference. They lost to, to Cathedral was their only defeat. They took care of business in relatively easy fashion last week over a very good West Lafayette team. So what stands out? Can you narrow it down to a couple things this team does well because it seems to be loaded in all three facets? Yeah, I think really the thing that stands out is the fact that they don't really have a weakness. Usually when you're watching film, you can you can say, well, here's something we think we can do. Here's something where I think they maybe aren't as good as perhaps some other teams that we've played. And as we watch film, they are pretty good. Um, I think it really starts with their offense. They are dynamic on offense, particularly running the ball. Uh, they have a running back who is probably as good as any we've seen all year. And he's tough. He's fast and does not go down on first hit. So you got to get guys to the football. I mean, that if we can stop that, and no one really has, so that's a huge if. If we can stop that defensively, um, that's a really good thing. Now, their quarterback can throw the ball, too. So it's not like they don't have anything they can fall back on. They've got a receiver who's really good. Um, defensively, they fly to the ball. Uh, they're, they're tough. Probably, hopefully, we feel like we can maybe uh, gain some traction through the air, um, just because, generally speaking, high school teams that's that's a that's an area where we think we can exploit. But that isn't even a, a done deal. I mean, they're 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 really really good. Uh, having said that, we embrace the challenge. Um, our kids are excited about this. Uh, we've got the number one team in three A coming to Fort Wayne. Um, and and we're excited about seeing what that what they have. You know, we get to see this Bishop Chittard team up close that we heard that we've heard so much about, and um, we're going to give it our best shot. I'm pretty confident of that. I, I think our kids are going to play hard, and um, as long as they do that and, and give their best effort, and if uh, at the end of the night we're still on the low end of the scoreboard, well, then we'll tip our caps to them and say, hey, you guys are you guys are the real deal. But if we play well. Um, we feel good about where we're at. You look at that offense that you guys have been able to put on the field, and Amir has been Amir all season long at running back, but we've seen Brandon Davis improve through each and every week. Those wide receivers with Grossman and Vanderbosch have just been tremendous all season long. So, I mean, all that growth and development throughout the season, this is where you need it, right? This is the, this is the preparation that you guys did the first 12 weeks of the season to get ready to play a team like Chittard. Absolutely. It all kind of builds to this. Uh, I get asked a lot, does playing in the SAC prepare you for the 3A tournament? And most of the time the answer is, of course, yes. The only time it doesn't is if you suffer huge injuries that, that really hamper your efforts in the playoffs. Uh, we have a few injuries, there's no doubt, but we're more or less healthy. And there's no question that playing the teams we've played has, has prepared us for playing a team like Bishop Chittard, a, a team that would rank near the top, if not at the top of our conference. So the, the whole, uh, oh, no, here comes Bishop Chittard factor should be thrown out the window. Um, we're not going to have that. Now, they just may be uh, just the best doggone team we've ever seen, and then what are you going to do? But I, I really feel like um, we're ready to go, and uh, we've been playing good football, and, and uh, it should be an exciting night for us. Good stuff, as always. Coach, appreciate the time. Thanks a lot, and good luck tomorrow, my man. Appreciate it, Justin. Thanks very much.
That's Coach Tim Manigal of the Concordia Cadets joining us here as uh, the Cadets can prepare for 11-1 Chittard coming to town tomorrow night. A uh, kickoff at 7 o'clock is listed at Zollner Stadium between the Cadets and the Trojans. Trojans number one in the state, 11-1. Uh, they're loaded. Um, they're the favorite to win the state championship in Class 3A. Concordia will try to knock them off tomorrow night. We're going to take a break. Come back. Coach Todd Mason, Eastside Blazers, will join us. You are listening to the ESPN Coaches Show, presented by Crumback Chevrolet on ESPN Radio 1380 and 100.9 FM. On the field, your team wants to finish every drive with a score. With a new Chevy from Crumback Chevrolet, you'll prefer to keep driving. Maybe in the new and redesigned Silverado, the most dependable full-size pickup and best-in-class fuel economy. Or the Equinox, with modern design and technology, all packaged into a safe and versatile crossover. Looking for more family space? Then the mid-size Traverse will get you where you're going in style and comfort. And you can't lose with the Malibu or the all-new Blazer. Score today and find new roads this season with a visit to Crumback Chevrolet. In New Haven. Good morning, class. A quick head count. Tiffany. Here. Zach. Yup. Steven. Steven. Is he absent again? For many kids, just getting to school feels like a challenge. Staying through graduation is even harder. That's where Communities and Schools comes in. A powerful community of caring adults working with vulnerable kids in schools every day. Helping them overcome the barriers that stand in the way of learning. Hunger, homelessness, health problems, and even emotional trauma. Communities in Schools. We're inside schools partnering with teachers and counselors. Empowering at-risk kids by providing supportive relationships. Doing whatever it takes to help them thrive in school and have brighter futures. Communities in Schools. We're in schools to help kids stay in school. See how we help all kids succeed at communitiesinschools.org. A ranger station. I'd like to report a bear hug. Okay. I put out my campfire and Smokey Bear hugged me. So you drowned the fire, you stirred it, drowned it again, and felt that it was cold? Uh-huh. Yeah, but he's just letting you know you did good. Bear hug from Smokey Bear. Status update. I'm going to let you go now. There are many ways to start a fire, but one sure way to put it out. Learn how you can do your part at SmokeyBear.com. Sponsored by the U.S. Forest Service Ad Council and your state forester. Now back to the Crumback Chevrolet High School Coaches Show on ESPN Radio, 13.8 at 100.9 FM. Welcome back, everyone, to the Regional Championship Week edition of the ESPN Coaches Show, presented by Crumback Chevrolet. I'm Justin Kenny, D.C. Hendricks producing, here till 7 o'clock, talking area high school football. Thank you to Coach Tim Manigal before the break, talking Class 3A Regional Showdown at Zollner tomorrow night. Concordia Cadets, number one Bishop Chittard Trojans. We're going to talk some 2A football now, and for... The uh, the first time in program history, Eastside Blazers notched a sectional championship a uh, last Friday. I'm sure it was a heck of a party in Butler all night on Friday, all weekend. But now it's back to business, preparing for the next challenge for the Blazers. They'll play at Eastbrook tomorrow night. Head coach Todd Mason of the Eastside Blazers joins us right now. Coach, how are you? Doing great. How you doing tonight, Justin? Not bad, Coach, and uh, congratulations. I'm sure it was quite the scene uh, last week winning that sectional championship. Hey, it's been a long time coming for the Eastside football program to, to finally bust through and, and win a sectional title and, 
there were fire trucks and buses, and I can't even remember all what happened, but it was a big-time party, and, and we were certainly proud to, to bring a sectional championship to the east side community, and, and what a special night it was for our program. I mean, you guys just built on performance after performance in the postseason. You've only given up six points in three games, started off with that shutout at Woodland. It just kept carrying, knocked off Lures at home, and then really took care of business last week against Fairfield. Is this defense playing its best football of the year right now? I think so. Um, I, our, our defense has, has just they found their niche, and, uh, um, you know, I can't say enough about Coach Schoon and what he's been doing as the defensive coordinator and, and Carson Evers, Lane Kleckner, Phoenix Smythe, Lane Burns. I mean, the list goes on and on. Everybody's making plays. We're getting 11 hats to the football. It's a, it, it's a defensive dream for us right now, and, uh, you know, hopefully we can continue that against Eastbrook because it, it's going to be warranted. Coach, I want to step back a little bit. Week four, you guys are one and two. You're going to Cherubusco. I'm thinking uh, Jake Falk, man. He, he's, nobody can stop him. I'm at that game. You're in good spirits before the game. You come out. You get a stop on Jake. You get another stop on Jake. It just steamrolls. You guys end up winning that game 20 or 42 to 14 on the road at Cherubusco. Really eye-opening score of the week in the area. Take us through the attitude leading into that Cherubusco game because at one and two, going into a very difficult conference opponent, man, at one and three, it could completely went off the rails potentially. Well, Justin, the thing about the one and two was we had chances to win both of the games that we lost. Um, and, and I'll be honest with you, I lost my ever-loving mind on them on Monday and said, <laughs> I'm tired of, tired of this. this. This is us making mistakes at crucial points in ball games, And, uh, you know, we stumbled upon something defensively um, that we've kind of built on in that Cherubusco, during that Cherubusco week of preparation. And uh, we've just kind of built on that, and, and our kids have bought into it. And it's just been a, it's been a fun, fun uh, last couple months of football at Eastside. Coach, you gave up 59 points in those losses to Adams Central and West Noble. Since then, you've given up 67 combined points. So I know you don't want to get into details, but what was what were the changes defensively in terms of was it schematic, was it personnel, was it moving guys around? I mean, what what clicked? A little bit of both, Justin. Um, schematically, we did some things a little bit different, but we also moved some guys around to put them in a position where they could make more athletic plays than where they were prior. And uh, uh, it, it's just steamrolled. I mean. Um, uh, I can't even begin to tell you how good our defense has played um, from September, what was that, 13th on. I mean, every week they just, my hats are off to them, and, and they continue to just astound me that, that we have the ability to hold opponents. The, the thing that our defense does is it puts you in a position to do something that you don't want to do. And, and anytime you get uncomfortable as an offensive coordinator, it gets a little nerve-wracking, and, and our defense has had the ability to, to do that. Coach, I want to talk a little bit more of that defense. Lane Kleckner, he's a junior. Uh, I think the kid is is a phenomenal player that nobody up here or down here really knows about in Allen County. Uh, break down this kid's game because I saw him against Busco. was phenomenal. He's been phenomenal all season long for you. Well, the 
I refer to Lane Kleckner as trying to block runny snot. Um, <laughs> he literally, um, when you look at him physically, you don't say, man, there is a, there's an unbelievable football player right there. He's tall, he's lanky, but what he has is the ability to bend and contort, and he, he's got really long arms, and he's just hard to get a good block on. And he plays with the motor. Um, that's unheard of. Um, and that's part of his big game is the fact that there's never a time where he's slowing down. And um, it, it goes from running plays down from behind to making plays at the point of attack. Um, he's just everywhere. Uh, I also refer him to as a ghost because he's here and then he's not. And, and then all of a sudden he's making a play. Um, so he does a lot of things really well, and, and we're certainly glad he's on our side of the ball. Coach, you got a big challenge coming up tomorrow night. You go to Eastbrook, longtime coach Jeff Adamson. I think he runs the same playbook he did when he first took over at Eastbrook. The problem is nobody can stop it. They've rushed for 3,700 yards, 53 touchdowns. You know exactly what they're going to do, and you can't stop it more often than not. But how do you guys combat the Panthers tomorrow night? Well, you're you're exactly right. Um, his playbook has not changed at all. Um, you know, I, I coached at Leo prior to this, and we had one of the best sectional championship games ever in the history of sectional championship games when I was at Leo in a 49-40 to 40 game. And he is running the exact same offense today that he was in 2010 when that happened. Um, what are we going to do? We're going to do what we do. We're going to fly to the football. We're going to get 11 hats to it, um, try to win first and second down, get them in a position where they're uncomfortable and hopefully we can make some plays when they get a little uncomfortable. Coach, it's unfamiliar territory and I'm, I'm trying to figure out whether Eastside's going to come in really nervous because it's a place they've never been or is that naivete going to be there where they've never been here so they don't realize how big of a stage it is. Where are you guys going to fall tomorrow night? This crew doesn't get nervous. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, they don't. Yeah. Um, they... They're a fun group to coach. They bring their hard hats every day. And and what I really appreciate the fact is, is they are not intimidated by the Eastbrook mystique at all. Um, a lot of people would have said, well, there's a lot of people out there that probably didn't think we could beat Lures, and they were not intimidated by Lures and all their successes over the years at all. Um, and, and I don't anticipate that happening tomorrow night either. Coach, should be a fun one. I'm going to head down, check you guys out. So should be a fun one. Good luck. Hopefully I talk to a smiling Todd Mason after the game tomorrow night. Hey, we appreciate all the support, Justin, and uh, hopefully that will happen. And, and I certainly do appreciate all the media coverage. All right, buddy. Take care. Thank you. Have a good night. That was Coach Todd Mason, Eastside Blazers, joining us. First time sectional champions, and congratulations, a 34 to nothing win last week. Clinched it. The reward, going to Eastbrook tomorrow night, 10-2 versus 10-2. Once again, Eastbrook has rushed for close to 3,800 yards. That's what they do, folks. Um, we, we talked uh, during Brett Rump's show early in the sports rush about one-dimensional teams only can go so far before somebody takes that away from them. 
Eastside is so good at what they do, and it's a power running game. They're going to line up. They're going to smack you in the face. They're going to run you over. They're going to just out-execute you in what they do. That's one of those teams that's kind of immune to it. They can pass when they have to. Their quarterback has not thrown an interception all season long. Now, he's only thrown 50 times, but Dylan Bragg can make a throw when he has to, has thrown eight touchdown passes and zero interceptions. But the bread and butter is Eastbrook. Uh, with Eastbrook is their running attack, and that's what they're going to do. Um, you want to name one or two running backs they have to stop? It's tough because they have four guys that have rushed for 600 or more yards. Wyatt Stevenson is their leading rusher with 1,150 yards and, and 20 touchdowns. But uh, Bragg, the quarterback, has rushed for almost 700. Uh, you have uh, another senior in Zeke, Zeke Binkard that's rushed for seven, seven, 676 yards. And then a sophomore. And Isaiah Dalton, almost 700 yards as well. It's that first guy through the hole. Sometimes they give it to him. Sometimes they'll do it off the pitch. Sometimes Bragg keeps it. It's a very difficult offense to uh, really diagnose. And you're really kind of thinking instead of reacting. And that's the problem when you play Eastbrook. We'll see how Eastside rises to the challenge tomorrow night. We're going to step out one more time when we come back. Luke Amstutz, East Noble Knights will join us. You are listening to a regional championship week edition of the ESPN Coaches Show, presented by Crumback Chevrolet on ESPN Radio 1380 and 100.9 FM. This is the Big Ten Today. I'm Bill Pollock. Iowa quarterback Nate Stanley says the Hawkeyes have moved on to their next challenge after being eliminated from the Big Ten West race with a loss at Wisconsin. The Hawkeyes at home against a seventh-ranked Minnesota team that is closing in on the division crown. We get to play a top-ten-ranked team, and we're playing for a trophy. Um, so, you know, we just have to really push ourselves and know that uh, you know, we're playing to be the best we can be, and you know, we still have the opportunity to, to win ten games this year. These teams play for a 98-pound bronze pig named Floyd of Rosedale, which dates back to a wager between the governors in 1935. Junior running back Micah Sargent says he found out about the trophy when he arrived on campus. I didn't know too much about it last year, so I did like a research assignment on it and I had to present to the team, but you know, it's big. Um, you know, it's a trophy game. We need to win it and keep it home. Ohio State defensive lineman Chase Young will miss one more game for an NCAA rules violation before returning next week against Penn State. has taken everything and everyone I've ever loved away from me. Everything. I blew my ankle out and I got prescribed pain pills by my doctor. If making my detox public is going to help somebody, I'm all for it. I just wish I would have had a warning. Opioid dependence can happen after just five days. Know the truth. Spread the truth. A message from Truth, the Ad Council, and ONDC. To buy your home, you became a house-hunting ace. Learned about loans, scoured neighborhoods, and asked the right questions. Now you're queen of your castle. If you manage that, you can get your retirement plan on track. Visiting aceyourretirement.org can help. With 401k tips and smart saving strategies, you'll feel empowered to own your retirement like you own your home. Go to aceyourretirement.org. Because when it comes to clearing financial hurdles, you're an ace. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Penn State's speed will be a focus for Indiana. Here's Corpus Status. The Hoosiers travel to Happy Valley this Saturday to take on the Nittany Lions. And if they're going to come out of there with a win, they'll have to find a way to contain guys like K.J. Hamler, says head coach Tom Allen. Hamler's as quick as you're going to see. You know, he makes a lot of people look silly in space, you know. So, um, 
you don't want to put one guy. You better have more guys there than just one. That's going to be a, a long day. Indiana has never won at Beaver Stadium. Kickoff is at noon Eastern. This is the Big Ten Today. On the field, your team wants to finish every drive with a score. With a new Chevy from Crumback Chevrolet, you'll prefer to keep driving. Maybe in the new and redesigned Silverado, the most dependable full-size pickup and best-in-class fuel economy. Or the Equinox, with modern design and technology, all packaged into a safe and versatile crossover. Looking for more family space? Then the mid-size Traverse will get you where you're going in style and comfort. And you can't lose with the Malibu or the all-new Blazer. Score today and find new roads this season with a visit to Crumback Chevrolet. Chevrolet in New Haven. Man, do I love card night. You ready, boys? You got a king? Go, fish that. Oh, come on. <laughs> this is WWE superstar Titus O'Neil. It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad today. Learn more at 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. You're listening to the Crumback Chevrolet High School Coaches Show on ESPN Radio, 13.8 and 100.9 FM. Welcome back, everyone, to Regional Championship Week edition of the High School Coaches Show, presented by Crumback Chevrolet. Uh, we're efforting Luke Amstutz. Still, we'll see if he comes, comes in. I, I screwed up, and uh, he gave me a heads up. Hey, text me about 15 minutes before I'm supposed to go on, and I completely forgot. So we're trying to get a hold of him. We'll see if we can get him in in the next couple minutes. But let's talk East Noble, because they're going to take on Mississippi on the road tomorrow night. And uh, East Noble trying to continue their undefeated season, continue the season in general. Can they hang around uh, and win at least one more game? And I think after last week, I think the answer is definitely yes. All of a sudden, you're looking at an East Noble squad that could potentially get down to the state championship game. And this program last won a state championship. It's only ever was in the year 2000. So uh, could it um, be adding to that lore if they can get down there uh, two wins away? From going down, you look at Bailey Parker, and anybody who says anybody else is the player of the year in the area is wrong if they don't say Bailey Parker. And look, we've had a lot of phenomenal, phenomenal players all year long, particularly two way guys. You're looking at Jake Archibald, who obviously went off last week, but he's been doing it all season long. Not gaudy stats like that, but consistent has eight interceptions on defense, has uh, contributed immeasurably on the offense for Homestead. You look at Brandon Pruitt at West Noble going to Naval Academy. He's rushed the football for, finished with, I think, close to 1,800 yards, racked up a lot of tackles on defense. He was uh, just a monster on the defensive side of the ball for the Chargers. Uh, we mentioned Bailey Parker. You can throw Jake Falk in there from Cherubusco. Um, I think there's a lot of guys that you can throw in there. So, um, But Bailey Parker, in terms of um, what he's meant to his team and what he's done, he's not gone for less than 244 total yards in a game this season. That was against Belmont. It was a 56-7 win over Belmont, so they didn't need to keep the pedal down against the Braves. So that's why that number is, uh, so I want to say small, but it was almost 250 total yards uh, for a game. He's 
excellent in pass coverage on defense. Uh, leads the team in interceptions. Really good there. So you're thinking, man, how does Mississippi combat somebody like Bailey Parker? And I'm not sure they can. So that means Mississippi is going to have to score. And how they move the ball and how they score is on the ground. Cade Campbell, like I mentioned earlier in the show, 47 carries last week for 310 yards over Marion. Now, can Mississippi run against that defensive front seven of East Noble? I think that's the biggest question we're going to have. So I'm not really sure what's going to happen. So, um, you know, who knows really for sure between these two two uh, two teams coming up tomorrow night. Um, it's difficult to see how Mississippi can can really come into this game and score enough, I think, for this one. So, um hopefully we'll talk to you at Luke Amstutz here in the near future, or at the very least, we'll get him next week because I think they win. I think they're one of the three teams that are playing next week for semi-state championships. Uh, elsewhere, I think we didn't talk very much about Bishop DeWanger and Lafayette Harrison. I really like Bishop DeWanger here. I think Lafayette Harrison presents a challenge in terms of how they run the football and the different stunts that they run and how they line up. They'll line up and then block it three different ways out of the same formation. They'll run ISO. They'll run to the outside. They'll, they, they do a lot of misdirection stuff as well. So um, I think that is the most important thing for Bishop DeWanger going in is being fundamentally sound and being able to shut that down. That's the key, I think, for, for Bishop DeWanger. So, you know, a lot of talk going around about who wins tomorrow. Who are we talking about semi-state? It's very t- difficult to see Homestead emerging. I think they got a shot. But anytime you put Carmel in the conversation, man, it's tough to, to make a team from up here unless they're dominant being a favorite. I think DeWanger's a favorite. I think East Noble's a favorite. I think Concordia has a mountain to climb. And I think East Side, not as big of a mountain as Concordia, but uh, difficult to stop that run. I think it's a grinded out type game in Grant County tomorrow. And I think South Adams rolls over their rival Adams Central tomorrow night. DC, what do we think? What do you think? You you agree with these three teams that we have that we feel the the most comfortable saying they'll be playing next week? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough. Even Dwinger this year, I feel like, hasn't... I mean, they've obviously reached this point for a reason. Um, but even Dwinger, I'm still... I kind of feel the same way about them as I do with Homestead. Um, you know, the, uh, Homestead going against Carmel. Eh. It's yeah. going to be a tough matchup. Didn't you mention that someone's going to Penn State? Yes. Cole Brevard um, is a defensive lineman, right. 6'3", 300. With, he can move. I mean, this guy just isn't, you know... Being a guy that's just uh, just there taking up space, the kid can move. They have a linebacker going to Indiana as well. Yeah, so. and Dwinger has Harrison, which is no gimme either. So, yeah. like, both of those I'm a little nervous about. But I would say, yeah, I think East Noble, um, I think I would say they're almost – I wouldn't say a sure in, but I think I expect them to win against Mississippi. I do expect South Adams to advance, but you get either South Adams or Adams Central right there. So yeah. either way, we have a team advancing, like you said. And I do, I honestly, I know it's a long shot, and I know a lot of people are picking is picking Eastbrook. I think Eastside has a shot in that. I, I like Eastside in that. So I would say South Adams, East Noble, and then maybe Eastside. But if I was just to choose, if you put me against the pin me against the wall and I have to choose two or one, I would say just South Adams and East Noble will be advancing. Okay, DC's got two. I I 
I think your pick of Eastside, or at least tease on that, is is not out of the realm of possibility. I could see him, as Coach Mason said earlier in the show, mm. our guys don't get nervous. Like, they're going to come out and play just as loose as they do uh, tomorrow as they did in week one. I mean, they're just not going to feel the pressure. So they come out loose. They can stop that running game, get a couple turnovers. Uh, Eastside could go down there to Eastbrook and knock off the Panthers and advance to semi-state. But that's going to do well, – go ahead, D.C. So I got one more got question something? for you before we go. All, All right. right. So two big teams here in the local area that are playing this week that I look at, and pretty much everyone – is pretty much picking the other teams in these matchups. And I say, Class 6A, you got Carmel Homestead. And then in Class 3A, you have Indianapolis Chittard and Concordia. Uh-huh. I pin you against the wall. Okay. One of those teams wins. Which one is it? Homestead. Concordia don't have a shot, huh? I'm not saying they don't have a shot. I just think Homestead has a better shot than, than Concordia. I, I think Homestead, their offense is good enough, I think, to keep up with Carmel. Um, if they give Luke Goody time. He really has a lot of time all season long to really pick apart defenses. Even when he has to roll out a little bit, uh, he has time. Carmel's front seven is a completely different animal than what anything Homestead has seen all season long. So can they protect Luke Goody? If they can, they allow him to make plays, Homestead has a shot. If they can't, game over. Simple as that. But, yes, Homestead, I think, has a better chance at Concordia. God love him. Hopefully it happens out at Zellner, but, man, Chatard is a, a machine. That's going to do it for us. For Thank you to Dan Vance joining us, Tim Manigal, Concordia Cadets, Todd Mason, Eastside Blazers. Weren't at, able to hook up with Luke Amstutz of the East Noble Knights, but we'll bring him on next week, hopefully after a victory in a regional championship game tomorrow night. For D.C. Hendricks, I'm Justin Kenny. You've been listening to the ESPN Coaches Show, presented by Crumback Chevrolet on ESPN Radio 1380 and 100.9 FM. Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.